Hello and welcome to the Mobile Home Expert Podcast. My name is Jason Sroden and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Glenn Esterson. Glenn, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, my friend. Hope the same is for you. I'm doing great. And we are lucky enough to be joined by Mr. Jeff Cook of Cook Properties. Jeff has been in the game for a while and has been, it sounds like you've been wildly successful, Jeff. I want to hear all about it. As somebody who hasn't bought their first uh, park yet, uh, you're definitely going to be able to teach us a lot. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Like how did you get into the game? Sure. So um, I, I actually started off with apartments uh, here in the city of Rochester where uh, my partner and my brother, Brian, we were both uh, born and raised here. And I got up to about 100, 100 apartments in the city, was doing everything everything myself, um, along with my father, who, who was a retired uh, engineer from Kodak, uh, sold off a bunch and then sold the balance of them about 65 units uh, to a sing- one single investor. After that, I started buying more uh, commercial commercial properties, uh, some office, some retail, uh, some storage units, and my first mobile home park right around about 2008. Uh, it took me about three months to- uh, That's when you bought your first park? 2008, yep. Took okay. me about three months to realize how awesome the business model uh, was. And ever since then, and we just, we've been trying to buy as many parks as we can, you know, that makes sense. Um, we've dabbled a little bit in storage, storage units, uh, dabbled a little bit in some office and retail, but um, our true love is, has always been uh, mobile home parks. Tell me about why. Like you why? said the business um, model, take me through it. And, and you entered, you... So, yeah, so the, the first park, and it's, it's I guess Go fortuitous ahead. what we bought. It was a primarily a senior park, double wides, built in the late 90s. Um, no park owned homes. Um, it's a great park. We still own it to the, to, to today. And it was, it was just, it was very simple to run. I had come from the background of running apartments in the, primarily in the inner city where there was, you know, very intensive management. And this was um, very hands-off. Um, and, and the residents were great. Uh, you know, again, they were, they were responsible for their house, you know, pretty much ground up. They were responsible for and then anything below ground, we were we were responsible for. And given the fact that at the time it was only about 15 years old, I mean, we had we had really nothing to do except um, you know collect the rent checks and and make sure that new residents that came into the park were were well vetted. Um, yeah, I bet I bet that's important. <laughs> you know, make absolutely. Sure. Yeah, we we spend an awful lot of time and money um, even even today on vetting our tenants and our residents. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. What kind of steps do you guys take? One of the most critical parts. For sure. Um, we, we, Me and Brian, we tell our property managers that we would rather have a vacant unit than have a, a bad tenant because um, it's going to cost us so much more money in the long run. We, um, we do credit checks. We do a background check. We check for a criminal record. Um, we do uh, checks with for, uh, previous and current employers and previous and current uh, landlords. We also collect uh, generally two or three character refer- references. And uh, yeah, we just, we vet the heck out of them to make sure we're getting a good resident. And and I'm just curious, how do you let people know that they, they're not a good enough resident? Like, is there a protocol? <laughs> there, there is. Um, we generally, um, we, <laughs> so a lot of it's so subjective and you have to be very careful with fair housing laws and such. So we, we have a minimum credit score 
that um, if they don't make that, they're um, they're out. Oh, okay, so gotcha. That usually takes care of most of the other problems that are more uh, subjective that we come across. Um, one of the other big things that we look a lot we look for a lot too is uh, is length of stay. Um, we don't want to rent to someone that's moving every every year. Uh, we like you know we like te- residents and tenants that are going to stay for hopefully a really long time. Um, tell me about your. You, you don't have a lot of rental units though, right? You're mostly. Hold on, Jason. You don't have a lot of rental units, though, right? You're mostly lot rent. No, we actually have a ton of. Well, I don't say a ton. We have a lot of rentals. Um, so we have, like, just okay. to give you an example, back in 2020, we ordered 100 homes, uh, brand new homes. 21 were we're going to be about 225, and for uh, for 22, we'll probably do about the same, somewhere in the two to 300 range. And as of right now, Glenn, right now we're renting about eight to nine out of those out of 10 homes. Um, and the reason being is there's, there's just not a lot nice. of good financing programs out there uh, for, for our residents. Um, we're looking into some more. Um, we're not a big fan of, uh, we're not a fan at all of 21st mortgage. Um, we're looking at uh triad and some other, some other uh, avenues for financing for, for our residents. Um, the reason that we, we, we don't like 21st is, I mean, essentially you're co-signing for the, for the loan um, for 21st. And we figured why pay them all the money to co-sign? We'll just do it ourselves. So that's why we're primarily staying in the rental game for right now. That makes sense. So, so Jeff, you know, I wanted to ask you with, with the timing of you getting into the industry in 2008, that, that was a pretty delicate time for a lot of investors. <laughs> but, I know. You know, it was right on the cusp of that recession. And, uh, you know, did it feel like a big chance that you were taking getting into MH or was the writing on the wall for you that, that this made sense? My biggest concern was I didn't want to go from the I had the typical stigma of quote unquote trailer parks that most people have. I didn't want to go from the city poor to the country poor. And that was my biggest concern. So, again, it was very, uh, very good that I bought that first park because it was, you know, a higher, higher income um, park. Um, I'm not sure how many more I would have bought if I would have bought some of the parks that we, you know, that we bought after then. Um, we yes. sold our apartments right before the crash. So that was very good. Um, we were happy about that. Yeah. I didn't feel, I really didn't feel like it was, it was more just not a chance with the economics of it. Uh, I was comfortable with those. It was just more of not knowing cause it was my, you know, it was my first park. Um, but again, you know, I really, I fell in love with the business model. Um, at the same time, I bought an office building that was about about half vacant. Um, it needed about two hundred grand of capex, which we did, and we did all we did all that, printed it up, and uh, no no one showed up because we were in the middle of the uh, the Great Recession. Uh, so, you know, we ended, we ended up filling it up, um, not at the rents that I wanted to, but we did end up filling it up. Um, and but after that, I was just like, no, I'm 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 good with mobile home parks and. And we just kept buying more and more, as you know, as many so, as we could. So, were you able to start looking for some distressed parks at that point in time? Was that kind of the the idea? And and did you have much luck finding distressed parks at the time? And what were you looking for, you know, in a distressed park, you know, then and now? Me and my brother Brian were just talking about that, and man, those were the days. We could buy we could buy parks at ten caps with upside. It was a it was a beautiful thing. 
And, uh, you know, now it's, I mean, that's pretty much unheard of, but yeah, we, we looked primarily for, for parks that we could add value to the next two parks that we bought after that, um, is actually, was the same seller that we bought the first one from. And they were both, um, maybe about 60% occupied. They had some waterline issues. Um, they were both had some, um, uh, paving issues. Uh, we needed to do new roads in both of those parks. And we, you know, we've owned both of those for about 10 years. And now they're they're completely full. The roads are all nice and paved, um, and the water lines are are uh, you know brand new. Uh, and we've refinanced them. I think we're going on a third time right now. That's 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 been our model to find the undervalued parks, um, do what we need to do to get them you know where we need them to be as far as value, and then and then refinance them, uh, pull the cash out, and buy something else. So can we do just a little bit of role playing? We're we you and I are looking at a place together. We go and it's really distressed. What are you guiding me that I should pay attention to? What are like the big concerns, the big stops, or the things that go? Oh, this is a great value. Well, I don't think any, any nothing's a, nothing should be a stop when you're looking at a park. Um, I guess it's just you want to know what you're getting into, um, and and how much it's going to cost to fix it. Um, so for us, uh, you know, the, anything underground is obviously super important. You know, the sewer lines, the water, the water lines, um, as part of our due diligence, we will, um, we, we do, we look at water bills. I mean, we have an idea of, you know, how much water an individual house is going to use and we can kind of extrapolate from there, um, based on the number of lots. Uh, we'll take a look at the past, past 12 months of water bills to see if there's any big spikes. Um, usually you see some in the winter, but if you see huge spikes and then, you know, a lot of people don't have heat tape like they should. Um, so that's something that you're going to want to want to address before the next, the next, um, freeze, um, sewer lines. That's another, obviously another big potential, um, pitfall. Um, if you can talk to the manager who's in charge, you know, that's great. You can find out, you know, how often are you snaking lines? Um, you know, what are you pulling back? Are you pulling back roots? Are you pulling back part of the pipes? Um, is it orange Orangeburg? Are you pulling back, um, you know, fat, you know, fabric from the Orangeburg, um, or is it just all plastic and, and in decent shape? Um, you can also, you know, go a step further and, and uh, have your local sewer sewer company run cameras down the down the lines to see exactly what you have. Um, I mean, those are some of the big ones. Uh, you know, obviously vacant pads. You know, we love vacant pads because we can add the upside. Um, I guess you just want to keep in mind if a lot of, a lot of times those vacant pads are, haven't been used in years. So you're probably going to have to replace the, um, the utility laterals, um, which can get pretty pricey. You could spend, you know, two, three, four grand doing that. Um, if you have to do a new pad, depending on, on what, you know, geography you're in, uh, up here in New York state, our pads are running us about, about four grand. Um, we usually do a, uh, a two car driveway. Uh, either two car long or two car wide, you know, that's going to run us another, just gravel, another six, $700. Um, and then of course, like I said, the utilities could be, you know, another two or three grand. Um, so when, when we're all said and done on those vacant pads, we're probably, we're in for around 10 grand um, before we even bring the home in. Yeah. But you see that as, as upside, right. it's, it's mm-hmm. all advantage. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Cause not only when, when we bring that new home in, not only are we collecting the lot rent, but we're adding anywhere between, you know, 35 to 45 to $50,000 in value to the park. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, so, 
Yeah, go ahead. In, in New York, guys, in New York, you guys have some of your own unique challenges with the municipalities and the and the rent regulations and things like that. So, how do you gauge, you know, a, a park from a a standpoint of the tenant base and the payers with the eviction laws in New York? And how do you gauge the friendliness of the municipality that you're you're thinking of going into? Yeah, all great questions. Um, yeah, so as you know, right now it's very difficult to evict, um, not only in New York State but throughout the country. Uh, we we have had a few successful evictions here just in, just this past month, um, we, where we've had the warrants delivered and they're the residents that haven't paid are on their way out. As far as uh, due diligence, again, we look at um, we look at delinquency reports. We like to see who's delinquent for how long. Um, we also like to look at length of, you know, again, length of stay. Uh, if there's someone that's been in there the whole, you know, the whole time and they're just not paying, we know that we're going to have to uh, spend some, you know, spend some time with that resident, whether it's getting them out or trying to get them into some type of a, of a workout plan. Um, and as far as lot, I think he asked about lot, lot rent too, Glenn. We, so unlike other states, we really can't buy um, buy parks on a pro forma basis as far as uh, being able to raise the lot rent. Um, we're, we're restricted to 3% uh, lot rent increases on legacy tenants. Um, now, if a new, a new resident comes in, of course, we can raise it to market. But one of the nice things about mobile home parks is the residents don't move. So it's kind of a, you know, a double-edged sword. Um, but when we, when we do have a vacant uh, site, we do raise the rent to market. Um, did that answer your question, Glenn? Or did I miss something? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, it, it, the municipality aspect of it, uh, when buying a distressed park, yep. you know, maybe when, 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 you, when you started the bit getting into the business, they were probably less friendly than they are to you now. Now you're pretty well known up there and they know you're going to run a nice park. But the... The, the dealing with the municipality, how did, you know, how does that go for you oftentimes when, when you're looking at these things and what are some of the, the aspects that you're looking for from that municipality? Yeah, no, that's again, good question. I did miss that part. So if we have a lot of vacant pads on a park that we're considering buying, uh, we will reach out to the code officer and just say, Hey, you know, we're looking to buy this park. You know, we, we're going to do all these things, you know, to improve it. Um, you know, check out our website. You can see what other parks we own. This is what we've done, you know, over here at park A, B, and C. And uh, one of the big questions is what do we want? What do you need from us if we want to bring in new homes? And most, most, actually all the code officers that we've ever talked to, you know, they give us what they want. And it's generally, it stays right within the New York state um, code as far as what we need to do for a pad and for uh, setbacks. Generally, generally, or um, actually right on the spot, they, they need to, we need to have at least 10 feet between each home. And for the most part, most of the parks we're buying, um, we already have that, those setbacks. Um, and some of the more urban parks, you, you start to get a little tight, but uh, to be honest with you, not, there's not a whole lot of those urban parks uh, left. Um, right. That's really about it. We, we have, we have one park that I was telling you guys at, about beforehand that we're purchasing um, right here in Rot in the Rochester area. Um, it's definitely an older park. It's been mismanaged for for several years. Um, they have a they actually have a twenty percent delinquency rate right now. So they have like a, 
about 120 residents, only 100, 100 of them are paying on a regular basis. And that's just due to poor, poor management. Um, so that park will take a little different strategy. The homes are older, they're all tenant owned. Um, we suspect once, or we're expecting that once we start eviction uh, processes a little more, um, and we also start enforcing our, our dog policy, that we're gonna get a lot of homes turned, turned over to us. So in some other parks where maybe we have a little bit more space, we might just demo those homes and bring in new ones. But since the the vast majority of these right. homes are older and and you know all of them are you know sub five thousand dollar homes, we're going to just rehab. We'll rehab these homes and get them back get them back up and running and, and then sell them to the residents. Awesome, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. So many cool things. If you want to check out what Jeff is doing uh, with his gang over at Cook Properties, go to Cook Properties ny.com. You can also reach out to Jeff at 585-233-4699. That's 585-233-4699. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Thanks guys. I appreciate the time. Appreciate the opportunity. And, and, and Jeff, I, I got two, I got two little questions for you before we, before we let you go here. Sure. Um, one is, you know, now, now that you bought, most everything in New York at this point, and you're looking to, to, to broaden your horizon. As I understand, you're looking to get into many new markets. Correct. Um, are there some targets that you're out there that you would like to see if maybe some owners would be willing to discuss with you? And, and if so, what, what kind of markets are you looking to get into? So we don't mind the, you know, the, the, the secondary or the tertiary markets. We know how competitive the primary markets are. Um, I mean, we'd like to stay in, in areas that are, you know, the MSAs are 75 to 100,000 uh, people. Um, we're used to that here in New York State. We definitely would like to, to buy more of a portfolio buy. Um, I'm not, we're not a big fan of starting, you know, like, you know, 100 pads here, 100 pads there. We really would like to step into a situation where, uh, we can just, you know, plug and play and, uh, and just keep moving forward. We, um, we don't use any in our operations right now. We don't use any third party managers. So everything would be on our, on our books and under our management company, um, which is, you know, which is a main reason why we'd like to, you know, have something that's already, uh, already established. And then we can kind of tweak it and, and, uh, add our efficiencies at that point. Um, but we would love to have something where there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a, potential for a rent bump and uh, some vacant pads. And, and the, the contact information Jason just gave is the best way to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. And any of the owners out there looking to do a straight deal with the, with the, with another park owner and just make a nice deal happen between you two, Jeff's a great guy to work with. And I would highly recommend, you know, reaching out to him. Uh, and, and my final question for you, I, I got to mention it because I'm just such a fan that that's Jerry Garcia standing behind you, right? That is so. Yeah, that's <laughs> that. That's um, Birdsong. He's playing Birdsong from um, I think it's March twenty second, nineteen ninety, in um, Albany. It was uh, one of, one of the shows I went to. Nice. And then uh, I don't know if you can see over my other shoulder is this poster over here is the it was the fall tour poster for nineteen ninety five, which never happened because Jerry died in August. Um, so yeah. that's that's kind of a cool collector's item. Wow. And then we have Steve Jobs right in the center yeah, telling me pretty good stuff. Telling me, telling me to stay on the straight and narrow. So 
No, it's whatever you're yeah, doing. It's working. Good stuff. I'm such a fan of Jerry. Yeah, I, I didn't take you for a deadhead, but hey, it's good. It's good to know. It's good oh, to man, know we got a deadhead out there. I listen to shows all throughout the day, and uh, keeps me real, keeps me relaxed. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Glenn, thank you for your time. Everybody, thank you for listening to the Mobile Home Park Expert Podcast. On behalf of Glenn, I'm Jason Sroden, and we will see you next week.